0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Cut. Sean, Christian, and Randy are here for your mediocre fantasy football voice. Boys, how are we doing on this fine Monday night?
1: I'm doing pretty well. Uh, it is pretty late. Monday night football is going on right now. I know it's pissing you off. It pissed me off. I lost because of James Conner, so, and I traded James Conner away. Um, so it's been a, a pretty bad night, but I'm I'm ready to talk some football.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. The fact that I put any faith in this Bengals offense makes me want to die. Randy, how are you doing, bud?
2: I'm doing great. Guy in my taxi squad in Dynasty just scored a touchdown. Downcy Johnson.
0: she start him. Why is he not active?
2: Well, I activated him on Saturday, but oh. he was on my taxi squad all year.
0: Well, we promise we'll get a little more positive than that. That's, not, that's <laughs> not the best opening here, but we'll get into it. So, as always, if you'd like to support the podcast, just shoot us an email at officialcutpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at the thecutffl. Uh, Like and share on Facebook at The Cut FFL. We did recently get a Facebook page and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and Anchor. Uh, What we're going to go through today, we're going to have a week four recap. We'll go through, we'll try to quickly go through the week four games, kind of touch on some fantasy relevant topics. Uh, We'll go through our worthy waivers of the week for going into week five and we'll give a little bit of a Thursday night preview. So let's go ahead and get into it. We'll start with the first game that was the Thursday night game, Eagles Packers. It was a really good game. Eagles won 34-27. On the Eagles side, Jordan Howard was the big story, 15 carries for 87 yards and two TDs. He had three catches for 38 yards and added in another touchdown through the air. Uh, Miles Sanders also had a decent game, 11 carries for 72 yards and was big in the kick return game. Are Christian, do you think both of these guys are startable or is this kind of a fluke for Jordan Howard?
1: I mean, I think if I had to put it on a, a spectrum, I think it's more of a fluke. But I mean, the fact that Jordan Howard's getting involved in the passing game is definitely promising for his fantasy value. And it scares me a little bit as someone who thought that Miles Sanders was going to take over that backfield. I honestly don't believe he's going to do that. Every single time they were at the goal line, Jordan Howard got the ball. Um, So I don't think you're going to get any touchdown upside with Sanders moving forward just with how Howard has played so far.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can see that. The thing about Howard is he didn't really have much production the weeks leading into that game. I mean, you're talking 44 yards, 18 yards, and 37 yards in weeks one, two, and three. Miles Sanders, I think, is – still more talented and i think eventually doug peterson's going to realize that it seems like sanders touches have have been trending in the right direction and i think as as the season continues to go on if they want to continue if the eagles want to get back into the uh, nfc east race they're going to need to use miles sanders more than they have and maybe use howard's a change of pace or if they want to use him on the goal line but i think sanders is the more talented guy there Alchon Jeffrey returned from his injury, did have three catches for 38 yards and a touchdown against the pretty stout Packers secondary. Nelson Aguilar, no catches on, uh, I believe he had one target. He's probably someone you can drop now that Deshaun Jackson should be back next week. Uh, he was a decent placeholder. Um, but I, and I think when Deshaun Jackson comes back, him and Jeffrey probably are both week to week plays. Jeffrey's probably more low end or wide receiver too. And, mm-hmm. Deshaun Jackson, just based on the upside that he can get a long touchdown, is probably a high-end flex play. On the Packers' side, uh, Jamal Williams did get hit early and left the game, had to be taken out on a stretcher. Aaron Jones had a touchdown, six receptions for 37 yards, but didn't have much on the ground. Randy, Aaron Jones, do you think his week-to-week value increases with no Williams, and, and what do you think he can top out at if Williams is out for multiple weeks? I mean,
2: I think his value obviously increases because he was last week. He was a a, he just got less workload than Williams, so he should get at least seventy percent of the workload with them gone. I he still doesn't look tremendous running right now. I think he's still got to get into his groove. Being out on the field more should let him get into better rhythm as a running back. So hopefully, we can get to the top end RB two side here. Maybe creep into RB one territory with some injuries, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I hope so. In a league that I'm kind of, I am kind of light in the running back side. I traded him straight up for Robert Woods, so I'm kind of hoping that now with no Jamal Williams that he's going to have a productive next couple of weeks. Uh, Devontae Adams had a huge game, and he did leave the game with the turf toe injury. Um, he didn't practice today. It sounds like it's, he's trending towards being not playing for week five, so keep an eye on that. Geronimo Allison had uh, three catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. And Jimmy Graham, for those that are still looking for a tight end week-to-week, Jimmy Graham now, with if, if Adams is going to miss this week and possibly more, Graham was seemed to be the one in the, sec- in the passing game that benefited the most. He did catch a, he did catch a touchdown. He's probably someone that you can look at as a potential top 12 play and uh, for at least for next week. And he's obviously a touchdown dependent uh, tight end, but he can still produce for you. We'll move on here to the Titans and the Falcons. Titans 24, Falcons 10. Uh, Derrick Henry, 27 carries for 100 yards. It took Derrick Henry 27 carries to get to 100 yards. Wow. Wow. A.J. Brown, three catches for 94 yards and two touchdowns. He was the big play guy for Marcus Mariota. Uh, Corey Davis had five catches for 91 yards and a touchdown. Christian, is there anyone that you can trust in this Titans passing game?
1: I still think you can trust Delaney Walker. Um, This seemed like a little bit of a fluke game for him. Um, In terms of. The receivers, I still would not target Corey Davis. Um, I think that's a big-time fluke game. He has one or two of those per year. Uh, A.J. Brown was super efficient with um, his targets. I mean, three catches on three targets, and two of them were for touchdowns. Um, I think that's – obviously, you can't predict that that's going to keep happening, but A.J. Brown is their big play guy. He's like their John Ross light um, so I kind of think that that would be the person out of this receiving group to target. Yeah,
0: that's fair. Um, for, and for, for our listeners, we, the three of us have a bit of a wager in regards to Derrick Henry, Randy and I don't believe that he finishes as a top 12 running back this year, but Christian does. So stay tuned as the year goes on to hear an update on that. that is somewhat, bet. It's somewhat of a slap bet. So we'll see kind of how that goes. On the Falcon side, Matt Ryan threw the ball 53 times and didn't have a single touchdown. That in itself is an unbelievable stat. He did fumble 397 yards. Julio only four catches on seven targets for 52 yards. Calvin Ridley, three catches for 32. The only guy that really produced out of the passing game was Austin Hooper, nine catches for 130 yards. Uh, Devontae Freeman had eight catches for 72 yards out of the passing game. And that's something that going into the week, I thought, would be positive for Freeman, and it's it seemed to show out a little bit. Uh, he did only have 12 carries, or he had 12 carries, but only for 28 yards. Um, I think the note here, Austin Hooper, Randy, is he probably a top five guy if Ryan's going to continue to use him this way? I don't think top five. I don't think he can ever get up there. I He seems to be
2: the forgotten guy for defenses. They try and stop Ridley and Julio, and then if they can do their best, then Sanu and Hooper and Freeman are available. So I think this speaks more to people trying to make sure Julio doesn't beat him and Matt Ryan being a good quarterback. I mean, don't force so real, it down the real field.
1: Quick, real quick, just so you know, Randy, in PPR, Austin Hooper is currently the number two tight end behind only Evan Ingram. That's inc- What do you think about that? That's
2: incredible. I'm so excited for his <laughs> season and his no touchdowns ever. I, I really just don't care. He's not a good <laughs> – He's not the best tight end. I, he's going to finish top 10 because he usually does. He's That's usually- the thing about
0: Hooper is he doesn't tend to get a lot of touchdowns. He may be getting the looks, but this Falcons offense is going to get better. And as they can, as they get better, I think Hooper's the one that takes the hit because I think it's more production for Julio. I think it's more production for Ridley. And I think Freeman continues to, play, to progress on a positive uh, trend. So I think Hooper's the one that takes a hit while he could still probably maintain six or seven catches a game, if he's not going to find the end zone and other, these other guys are, I think he's not going to finish it. I agree with Randy. I don't think he's going to finish top five. He could definitely be top 10, but this Falcons offense has looked abysmal and I do, I think it gets better unless there's some kind of injury with Ryan that we don't know about. I I, I think there, there's no way they can get any worse. Let me put it that way. So I, I see, so, yeah. I think, I think it, the whole offense is going to get better and it's going to be more production for those other skill players. Uh, see, I think it it comes down mostly to the line.
1: Um, I think Ryan has to dump off, which is why you see Freeman and Hooper getting all those looks. Julio and Calvin Ridley can't get out of the routes, so I mean the line has to get better. But I could see that happening for sure. Yeah, but they drafted
2: two rookies in the top top rounds, so they're slowly going to be better.
0: Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Next game we'll take a look at. We won't spend much time on this one. Uh, Giants over the Redskins 24 to three on the Redskins side. Dwayne Haskins was kind of thrown into the game in the second quarter as Christian called last week for case Keenum Uh, his debut uh, nine for 17 with 107 yards and three interceptions. It might've been one of the worst in recent memory. Um, No Terry McLaurin, no running back production, really no anything to speak of for the Redskins. The Redskins, probably are the best the worst team in football right Ooh. there with the Bengals. Um uh, Dolphins. Yeah, <laughs> the Dolphins are more players. I both of these oh teams have more skill players.
2: They're trading away all the skill players.
0: Not, not, not <laughs> you guys are the big Preston Williams defender. Hey, i yeah the rookie fair, wide receiver. <laughs> I like him. I would take Kenyon Drake every day of the week over a 40-year-old Adrian Peterson. Okay. Yeah. But Chris Thompson I would take over no,
2: than any I,
0: of the dolphins. That's such a
1: lie. <laughs> that is a lie. Uh, Dude, I, I do not like the Dolphins running backs.
0: Okay. At I least think they're healthy every year. All right, let's bring it back in here, boys. I think <laughs> looking at next week, the the Redskins are on the road in New England. Is it are they on the road or is it are It's at home. Okay. So they are still playing New England, and I I don't see any way they throw Haskins out for his first career start against that team. I think it's Keenum next week. So if McLaurin's back, I would say he could possibly still be a flex play, but I don't think I want any other piece of this Redskins offense going against the Patriots next week. I think think this is a last-ditch effort by Gruden to try and keep his job, to put the
2: rookie guy in there, and then that actually covers a little bit of the problems because you say, oh, well, he's a rookie, he threw three picks. I mean, what do you expect? Well, I mean, he's going to get fired. They're probably going to leave Haskins in for that same reason. I, This this was a terrible game to let Keenum come out. <laughs> he threw one pick, and they're like, no, nope, rookie, come in. Just come on.
0: Yeah, I was kind of surprised at how quick of a, a hook they had for Keenum. When they came out earlier, I know it happens a lot, but they came out this week and said they really didn't want to put Haskins in that type of situation, and they went ahead and threw him into that situation anyway, and he threw three picks. Go figure. By putting him in, he should stay in. You shouldn't keep flipping
2: back. If you want him to get work, he's got to get work, and he's going to get worked over real good next week.
0: Do whatever you can to trade for the Patriots' defense for (laughs) week five. They're going to get another 20 points. Yeah. And week six and seven and eight. On the Giants side, Daniel Jones did kind of struggle in this game, kind of came back down to earth. Uh, 225 yards, one touchdown, two picks, had four carries for 34 yards. He's probably someone that you don't want to roster now. Uh, I know that a lot of people rush to pick him up after the decent week one against Tampa. I think this shows that he is still a rookie. He's going to have these games, and you probably don't want to waste a roster spot on him for now, especially given the matchups that he has in the next couple weeks. Just wait. If he starts to turn it up again, you can pick him up as a streamer. But I, I, I think he's best to leave on the waiver wire for now. Wayne Gallman, 18 carries for 63 yards in the touchdown, had added six catches for 55 yards through the air. He performed admirably in the Saquon Barkley role. I don't think he's necessarily – obviously, he's not going to give you the same production that Barkley does, but he could give you double-digit points every week if he's going to continue to get that target share from Daniel Jones. He had seven targets in this game. Uh, Randy,
2: that's, that's the that's the encouraging thing here.
0: That's what I was worried about
2: all week was if he was going to get five or six catches, and he did. So if he's going to get that kind of workload, especially with the matchups coming up, I think he think he's one of the maybe the most salvageable pieces. Maybe a flex play.
0: Yeah, he could probably be a low end RB too, just based on the fact that he should still be able to get you double digit points every week. Um, not much to talk about in the pass catching for the uh, Giants, uh, Sterling Shepard 7 for 76. He's probably still a wide receiver too. Uh, Golden Tate will be coming off suspension this week, so that's definitely something to note as well. Moving on to the Chargers and the Dolphins Chargers, 30 to 10. Um, Austin Eckler's last hurrah somewhat. 18 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown, added five catches for 62 yards and a touchdown uh, through the air. Melvin Gordon was active and but didn't get a touch, I think. This was probably Eckler's swan song as a running back, too. I don't think he's going to be any more uh, valuable than a flex play moving forward. Keenan Allen, 5 for 48, did get a touchdown callback. Uh, there was no Mike Williams, no Travis Benjamin. Dontrell Edmond left the game. No Justin Jackson, and it didn't matter because that's how bad the Dolphins really are. Um, on the Dolphins' side, <laughs> Kenyon Drake, 9 carries for 45 yards. Uh, did catch three balls through the air. I still think he's someone you want to hold just based on the fact that he could be traded to a better team, I at least hold him through the trade deadline. Um, that's pretty much all we need to talk about. Devontae Parker did score a touchdown, but it's gross if you ever score. Yeah,
2: well, both him and Preston Williams are promising young receivers, but with this roster, it's Rosen does look a little bit better than last year. Maybe long term they're good values to hold on to, but other than that, nothing. Yeah, they're
1: probably in, a
0: good dynasty guys.
1: In in dynasty is where yeah. I'm looking to have Preston Williams. Not even really Devontae Parker. I don't really expect him to be on the team past the trade deadline either. So yeah. well, you're
2: not getting Preston Williams, so you might want to go for.
1: Not yeah, I think he'd join a different dynasty league and draft him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: have fun with that. Moving on here, Raiders 31-24 over the Colts. Uh, Josh Jacobs, 17 for 79 and two catches for 29 yards. Brandy, are you worried about him as an RB2, or do you think he's more of a flex play with the way he's been used in this Raiders offense? I think as of now, his usage leading up to this week was a f-
2: low, low-end RB2 flex. Uh, obviously week one a little bit more hype around him, but they did seem to make more of an effort to get him involved this week. Gruden talked about it more. The line's getting back and more healthy. He's going to be a super integral part of this offense. If they're not running the ball 17 or 20 times a game, they're not in the game. So as long as he gets two to five targets a game in the passing game, I think he's more towards high-end RB2, but his floor's – about middle low TRB two. I think he's above flex.
0: Yeah, my only problem with that is I still think the Raiders' offense is going to be capped, and I think yeah, it's but, it's going to hurt Jacob's production. But I get, I totally get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah,
2: they they put thirty one points up. They put up plus twenty most weeks. I mean, yeah, but didn't they
0: return? Didn't they return a pick for a touchdown?
2: Uh, they may have this game. I, I was flipping through, but I thought I'm more there. saying they're putting up points as like last year they weren't putting up points. Yeah, so no, that's
0: no, fair. I mean, Gruden still has a lot of faith in Carr, so yep. I guess we'll, we'll kind of see how it plays out. On the Colts' side, Marvin Ma- Marlon Mack kind of was invisible. 11 carries for 39 yards. With no T.Y. Hilton, Chester Rogers was pretty much the one that benefited. Three catches for 48 yards and a touchdown. Zach Paschal added four for 72. Uh, the Colts had five drops in this game. It wasn't good, but Chrisette was able to find the end zone three times. Uh, one touchdown, each going to Doyle and Ebron. Christian, I think... Ebron probably has a little bit more touchdown upside, but are you okay with rostering both tight ends?
1: Um, not really. I kind of think that Doyle would be fine in a pinch if you have a guy on by and Ebron's not available, but Doyle is sitting there. I'd be okay adding him for, for a spot start, but I think out of those two guys, Ebron's the one to have.
0: Yeah, because like I said, and I especially would know if T.Y. Hilton is to miss multiple weeks, I think Ebron's probably the one that gets the bump there. Uh, Panthers, 16-10 to 10 over the Texans in what was a very ugly game. I was flipping around, put this game on, and then I made my eyeball set. Um, Kyle Allen had 232 yards passing but had three fumbles, uh, which resulted in nothing coming out of the passing game at all. DJ Moore at five targets didn't do anything with them. Curtis Samuel at seven targets didn't do anything with them, and Greg Olson was pretty much nonexistent. Uh, I think this shows that Kyle Allen had a big week, week three, but that plays more to the fact that the Arizona Cardinals defense is so bad that you can have fantasy production. And Kyle Allen looked like a guy who was making his second career start in the NFL. He's probably not someone you want to stream every week. He's maybe a low-end quarterback too, but that's about it. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey was great again, 93 yards and a touchdown and at 10 targets for 86 yards. So he's still probably the best running back in football. Um, on the Texans side, the whole Texans offense struggled. Deshaun Watson only with 160 yards and a touchdown. Um, he had a fumble. He, he missed on a couple of deep passes. I think that's get, that gets better. I think this Texans offense is going to get better. Um Carlos Hyde, fifty-eight carries or fifty-eight yards on twelve carries. Fifty eight opp-
1: carries would be amazing.
0: <laughs> I don't know. <have laughs> He'd <that>. be dead. <laughs> I don't even know if they run that many plays. Uh, Yeah, sorry. It's it's been a long day. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, five for 41 on eight targets and an interception. So two of the best wide receivers in football, both threw a pass within like 10 minutes of each other on Sunday, which is pretty interesting. Pretty inexcusable, to be honest.
1: They should be catching the passes, not throwing them. But you see, Christian – it's what we call
2: a trick play. <laughs> so, see, people expecting Watson to throw it, but they won't be expecting that other guy to be doing it.
0: <laughs> Randy, <laughs> why did you all throw. of a sudden become southern?
2: I it's, I usually go into bits. That's that's part of my part of my charm and humor. Sean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh wow!
2: <laughs> it, it makes me seem stupider, so people laugh more out a pity. I think no, But it's, it's okay. It's all right. You don't live need with anything
0: to make you seem stupider, Randy. <laughs> Got it. But uh, Hopkins has had three tough weeks. I, I think he's going to get it going. I think this whole Texans offense is going to get it going. Their line is going to get better. Their line hasn't been good. But it don't worry yet. You drafted Watson to be a quarterback one. He still will be. Um, next game, Chiefs over the Lions 34 to 30. This was a really good game. Pat Mahomes actually didn't throw for a touchdown pass. Uh, had six carries for 54 yards and had 315 yards through the air. Darryl Williams punched in two short yarded touchdowns. LaShawn McCoy had seven, 11 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Christian, if Damian Williams is back next week, does do both of these guys hold a ton of value or is there one that you would favor over the other? I know that you're not the biggest Damian Williams fan. To be honest,
1: I think Darryl has warranted getting some snaps and I think I honestly think he's more talented than Damian. I don't know that Andy Reid's going to see it that way. Um, Plus, Damian's been super productive when he's been out there. So I think you have to hold Daryl for a couple weeks, knowing that McCoy and Damian are a little beat up. But I wouldn't really want to roster any of them at this point. Um, But that's just a personal preference. I think you'll be fine if you are rostering McCoy or Damian and maybe even Daryl down the line, but that's not for me. Yeah, I yeah.
0: Mean, I'm i under the impression that you want uh, you want every piece of that Andy Reid offense that you can get, including the running backs. Um, and I think Damian Williams is still going to be a guy that has touchdown upside every week until he gets hurt again, which is probably bound to happen. So I'm okay with rostering maybe him and McCoy. I don't think I have as much trust in Daryl Williams but if 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 you're desperate for running backs he could be a guy that you still stash and hope to see or you hope that the path comes for him again to be an RB2 on the pass catching side uh Sammy Watkins another quiet day 3 for 54 did have a touchdown that got punched away in the end zone i still think he's going to have another big day i mean Mahomes isn't going to have 315 yards and no and no touchdowns a lot this year. He yeah. probably won't have it again. Um, but what can, Watkins may need
2: Hill to be back to be his ultra-productive top RB, or wide receiver two self. He's, I mean, he's getting all the targets. He's just getting all the defense.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Teams are starting to key in on him. Um, Demarcus Robinson was quiet. So was Michael Harmon. Lost the fumble. Uh, and then Travis Kelsey, seven catches for 85 yards. So, obviously, he's still the top tight end of fantasy. On the Lions side, on Johnson was the big story here. 26 carries for 125 yards, had added in two catches. He did lose a fumble on the goal line that was returned for a 100-yard touchdown by the Chiefs and probably lost the Lions the game. But when you're looking at the fantasy aspect, I think it's huge that on got 26 carries, was able to get over 100 yards. He's going to be the bell cow. I think Matt Patricia is starting to realize that he's obviously the best running back on that roster he's maybe one of the best young running backs in football and he should continue to get this kind of production moving forward. Um, Kenny Galladay, five catches for 67 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Marvin Jones was kind of quiet. Christian, do you trust Kenny Galladay as a top end wide receiver too? Yeah, for sure. I think right now he's performing
1: at wide receiver one status. Um, I think that Season-long, he's definitely a top-end two. I think you're going to get days where Marvin Jones gets more of the targets, and it takes away from Galladay, but he is a huge red zone target. Um, and I know Hawkinson went out with that injury because he tried to pull over and Davis and failed miserably. So um, Galladay looks even more promising heading into the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, especially in the red zone. If Hawkinson is going to miss, uh, Galladay is definitely the guy that gets the bump there. Next game here, Browns forty to twenty five over the Ravens. Uh, Nick Chubb twenty carries for one hundred sixty five yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Was worked in a little bit on the screen pass game two, three catches for eighteen yards. Randy, he's he's an RB one, isn't he? Yeah,
2: he's top end. I mean, he's he is what you drafted him for. He's a no nonsense. If you give him twenty carries, he's going to be great. It's the Browns seem to finally
0: believe that. Oh, we have a top running back. We should use him. Yeah. It definitely seemed it, like Freddie Kitchens had yeah. a game plan and he utilized it, and, and no nonsense means no nonsense. You give Nick Chubb the ball.
2: Yeah, it, it, I, it. I think it's pretty clear that the Browns' offense, while it isn't great, seems to be a lot better at run blocking than pass blocking. So maybe while they try and figure – I know they look great this game on offense, but maybe as they try and complete this and figure it out more and more, if you give him 20 carries a game and a couple targets through the air, I think – think you're looking great
1: i think it also helped that the browns had the lead for the majority of the game if not the entire game um so i I think that any game that the browns are leading you're going to see that production from chubb anytime they're down you're still going to get rb1 or high-end rb2 value it just won't be as productive
0: yeah because chubb's still probably a three-down guy i don't think dr hilliard's going to cut much into his workload um, Jarvis Landry had a big bounce back game, eight catches for 167 yards. Did leave the game and is in concussion protocol. Browns have an extra day to rest up for the Monday night game against the Niners in San Francisco. So that's something to keep uh, keep tabs on. Odell Beckham, two catches for 20 yards on seven targets. Um, that's he's going to get better. Obviously, he's going to be you. You if you have Beckham, you're starting him every week. I mean, it was just more of the fact that Marlon Humphrey was choking. I mean, covering Odell Beckham. Um, And then Ricky Teal Jones, three catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. He's probably not someone you want to roster. It's going to rotate between him and Damien Harris every week until Njoku comes back from IR. On the Ravens side, Lamar Jackson had three touchdowns, one of which was a ridiculous garbage-time touchdown with a minute left when it didn't matter. uh, Threw two interceptions, added 66 yards on the ground. He's probably still a top-12 guy, but when they have to come back in games and he has to throw the ball – it's not going to look pretty, at least for now. Randy, do you kind of agree with that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the first couple weeks overhyped his throwing a bit. This is what we expected: a, an improvement from last year throwing the ball, but not great. I he's got a zip on the ball, but he's just not accurate. He, he's missed throws a lot. Uh, but he's gonna throw about this stat line, but he's got a safe floor of what roughly sixteen thanks to the rushing. So if he adds in one touchdown or one touchdown rushing even better, he's clearly a top-12 quarterback just because of how broken that system is.
0: Yeah, and that's the key thing, especially in four-point passing touchdown leagues. The fact that he can run in a touchdown every game, it it makes him that much more valuable. He's kind of on the same level as Kyler Murray. We'll get to Murray in a little bit, but I agree. I mean, if, if you have Jackson, you're still probably throwing him out there every week, probably regardless of the matchup um mark andrews four catches for 31 yards and a touchdown on eight targets was coming back from a foot injury looked to be healthy um and marquise brown was pretty quiet four for 22 but did have seven targets uh he's i mean he's a guy that can break off one play and make your fantasy week so i'm probably still okay putting him out there yeah couple bad drops but yeah and and some of them were bad passes it, it, it was just all around not a good game for the ravens offense and some of that credit goes to the browns the browns defense the browns defense did look good um, next game patriots in a close one 16 to 10 over the bills uh, tom brady had threw the ball 39 times but only had 150 yards threw a pick no touchdowns that was probably a product of the bills defense um, sony michelle 70 carries for 63 yards We have a note in our show, Doc, was this a bad matchup or is he a bad running back? Again, I think Sony's good. Christian, for some reason, doesn't think Michelle is warranted of a running back. Dude, that's his best
1: game, and he averaged three and change per carry. I know that's a bad matchup. He looked a lot better. Here's
0: Here's the thing about that. I mean, you look at the other three games that the Bills' defense played against Le'Veon Bell, 17 carries for 60 yards. Barkley is obviously the outlier, 11 carries for 100 yards, and it's Saquon. But then Joe Mixon, 15 carries for 60 yards. That's just a product of the Bills' defense. So Michelle was right where he should have been, and he got 17 carries. Rex Burkhead got one touch the entire game. I think that's the biggest thing to note there. Is this game was closer, and they still tried to feed Michelle more. I that's 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 definitely positive going forward for him.
1: We'll see. I think he's more of a Trent Richardson
0: than uh, – Oh, my get God. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, wow. We'll see. We'll see next week. When did Trent oh. Richardson ever have a game like Sony had in the playoffs? In his His days. whole rookie year. He never made the playoffs.
1: Yeah, yeah, he never made the playoffs, but his whole rookie – I mean, he broke the Browns single-season uh, rookie rushing re- record. He beat Jim Brown, I think, and – then he came out and just sucked for we're the rest to, of his career. We're
0: going to have to get a fact check on that. We will, we will we'll, we'll come back to that oh. on Thursday. Fact check, dude. You're ridiculous. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so both, angry right now. On the Bills side, uh, Josh <laughs> Allen, only 153 yards, three interceptions, did leave the game with a concussion. He's currently in the protocol. It was another kind of dirty hit by the Patriots. Um, did, he was able to score on the ground. Uh, Frank Gore, 17 carries for 100 yards. It looks like Devin Singletary is working his way back. He should be back for week five. Uh, do you guys think that that's going to completely take away from Gore's value, or does he still have a little bit, even with Singletary back? Randy, what do you think? He'll still get probably 10 carries
2: game, at least. He's gonna. I think his average was like 10 to 13 while Singletary was there. Singletary doesn't get a ton of touches so far. I hope they give him all the work that he deserves, but We'll see going forward.
1: Yeah, I think I think Gore is safe because he does have that touchdown upside that Singletary doesn't necessarily have uh, unless he breaks off a big run. But you, you're not going to see Singletary
0: in on the goal line.
1: Not yeah, yet.
0: right. I, it, it, that's going to go to Gore. So, And, I mean, the touchdown upside alone probably makes him a flex play at worst. But yeah. but I, I can agree. Um, Just but, waiting for the meteor to hit him. Jesus Christ.
2: He's a dinosaur in this league. I'm just waiting.
0: Oh, that's what you meant. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank you for explaining that. <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay 55 to 40 over the Rams. This game was nuts. Um, James Winston, four touchdowns, 385 yards. He has looked really good for two weeks. Um, Chris Godwin, 12 for 172 and two. And this is off a game where they weren't sure if he was going to play. He was hurt going, he was hurt. Uh, He got hurt throughout the week. They weren't sure if he was going to be active. He was questionable going in, and then he just went nuts. Ronald Jones, 70 yards and a touchdown on 19 carries. It did look like they were trying to get him the ball for the running backs. It was probably. This probably means that Jones is going to be the guy you want to own going forward. But I personally want to stay away from him or Barber. I want. I, I want to avoid that at all costs. Real quick, though, Jones had a 25-yard run and I think a 40-
1: or 50-yard run called back because of penalties. The dude could have had a monstrous game, um, but the Buccaneers, uh, O.J. Howard specifically, uh, was called for holding, I think, on both of them. That might not be correct, but I know on one for sure. Um, So that's just another thing that pissed me off about O.J. Howard, but I I think Jones is the guy to have here. Speaking as a Peyton Barber owner,
0: yeah, that's, that's all you. I, I just don't trust either of them week to week enough where I feel good about having them on my roster. Um, that's yeah, pretty much it. But <laughs> what? It's, it's, a, it's a running, the running back landscape
2: right now has them super valuable. That's the problem.
0: Yeah, that's fair. And especially if either of them are going to get passing work. But for right now, it doesn't seem like the cool they are. They won't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike Evans had a long touchdown, four for 89 and a touchdown. He's probably still safe. Uh, Godwin and him could potentially be RB or wide receiver ones for the rest of the year. Uh, It does finally look like Jameis is starting to get a hold of what Arians wants him to do, and that's just going to give you a lot lot of good production out of both of those receivers. Um, On the Rams side, Jared Goff threw the ball 68 times, had 517 yards, two touchdowns, did have four turnovers, three interceptions, and a fumble. Todd Gurley only had five carries, but did punch in two short short-yarded touchdowns, seven catches for 54 yards on 11 targets. Uh, this was an interesting game script, just based on the fact that the Rams were trailing almost the entire game, so they were trying to have to work their way back. So that's why Gurley had the the small uh, workload out of the backfield. Um, it's pos- It's it's definitely a positive sign that he had 11 targets. I I still trust him at a top-tier RB2 who could be an RB1 once he starts Thank to you. utilize more.
1: Thank you, Jesus.
0: Yeah. That was, <laughs> Thank you for the targets. Yeah, that was much better, oh. especially yeah, especially with the way that game went. Uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, both had big days. Both had 15 targets. Woods, 13 for 164. Still hasn't found the end zone yet this year. Uh, Cooper Cup, 9 for 121 and a touchdown. Uh, Brandon Cooks kind of took a backseat to him, 6 for 71. These guys are still probably all safe wide receiver two plays with wide receiver one upside depending on the week. Christian, do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I definitely think that Cup is a wide receiver one every week. Um, I think Cooks is the guy that you're questioning putting in your lineup um, as a a wide receiver two, but you shouldn't. He's going to break off those big plays. Uh, Woods is consistent. I think the fact that Woods and Cup both got 15 targets um, is pretty promising. That's almost half of Goff's. Uh, target share. So I think it's good. I think that woods and Cup are wide receiver one, maybe two for woods occasionally Cooks is a wide receiver two, maybe occasionally a three. Um, he definitely has more bust potential, but i I'd lock and load them every single week.
0: yeah, and I don't think this is the way the Rams want to play. Obviously they got down, but I don't think they want Jared Goff throwing the ball even close to that many times. I still think they want to utilize Gurley. So obviously those numbers aren't going to be huge every week. I mean, you're not going to get 30 combined targets between Cup and Woods, but they're still probably safe plays. So I can agree with that. Uh, Moving on here, Seahawks 27 to 10 over the Cardinals. Russell Wilson, 240 yards and a touchdown. Uh, One thing to know, Chris Carson with no Rashad Penny, 22 carries for 104 yards, and he had four catches for 41 yards uh, through the air. Rashad Penley most likely will return for Thursday night's game. Uh, Are you guys still – Christian, do you still feel safe in putting out Carson as a top-end RB2? I think he did enough to keep his
1: job. I think Penny is going to eat into that more than ProSize does. But, I mean, he's still getting targeted in the passing game. I mean, Russell Wilson only threw 28 times. Four of them went to Carson. That's not a huge uh, share, but it's also – I mean that's another eight points that you got in the passing game. So I, I think that he's a he's a top end RB two. He does have RB one potential, but Penny could also be an R B two, R B three type of guy when he returns.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Carroll tries to utilize both of them once uh once Penny's healthy again. And like I said, he should be he should play on Thursday night. We'll have to keep an eye on that. On the Cardinal side, Kyler Murray rushing a touchdown. Didn't really have a good game through the air. Only threw the ball 32 times, 241 yards, and an interception. Uh, David Johnson had eight receptions for 99 yards on 11 targets, had 40 yards running also. Only five targets for both Fitz and uh, for Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. I think a time of possession kind of played a factor in that one. Seahawks. It seemed like every time I flipped back to that game, the Seahawks had the ball. Uh, Cardinals, Cardinals really couldn't get anything going. Um, they had the Seahawks at the ball for seven more minutes. Uh, this air—you still probably trust this air raid offense to produce fantasy points, especially for Fitzgerald and Kirk. Um, Kirk did leave the game with an ankle injury, so keep an eye on his practice reports this week. Um, and then Larry Fitzgerald is still a safe wide receiver too, I think. Um, next game, we'll touch on it a little bit, but there's not much to touch on. Bears sixteen to six over the Vikings. Christian's favorite quarterback, Chris, Kirk Cousins, was non-existent. Bum. Um, um. Dalvin Cook. Thirty-five yards and the touchdown. Did catch six passes for only thirty-five yards in the passing game. He's probably still an RB one. Um, at, and definitely. Yeah, and probably. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, the problem just watching that offense just makes me sad. Yeah, well, but all they
1: do is run. Exactly, yeah, that's fair. They're going to have to change that though moving forward. So maybe you're right. Maybe he does slide. Back yeah. in an RB2 type of
0: role. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's no guarantee that happens, but Kirk or Adam Thielen did come out and say that you can't win a game being as one dimensional as the Vikings have been, which makes me think that going into this week, Adam Thielen is due for a 10 catch for 100 yards and touched, and one touchdown type of performance because, you know, they always say that the squeaky reel gets the grease in these scenarios. Uh, Stefan Diggs had seven catches for 108 yards, Thielen only two for six. I think Thielen has a big week five. Um, I think they are going to look to throw the ball more because Thielen's right. I mean, this offense looks terrible. They're not going to win. They're not even going to come close to the division title if they're going to keep playing this way. The thing is, is Thielen's probably going to get that type of game and Diggs is going to go back to being
1: non-existent because it seems like Kirk Cousins can only throw the ball to one freaking guy per week. So. I mean, maybe Thielen gets three catches and a touchdown, and Diggs still gets his seven for over 100, and they're both productive, but that's that's very last year Vikings, not this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, the problem is, especially I think on Thielen's end, is who do you trust in your lineup every week that has the upside that Thielen still gives to you? That's the thing I'm struggling with, because I do have Thielen in a couple leagues, and I think I still have to start him, at least least for these next couple games, to see if the Vikings offense does turn it around. Uh, On the Bears side, Mitch Trubisky left the game with a shoulder injury. Um, He has already been rolled out for this week's game in London. Um, It it doesn't seem like he's going to need surgery, though, so that's something to keep note of. And You're probably only rostering Trubisky in two quarterback leagues anyway. Chase Daniel came in, 195 yards and a touchdown. They really wanted, they really looked like they wanted to run the ball in this one, especially once Daniel came in. David Montgomery, 21 carries, only 53 yards. But Randy, is the carry total promising for David Montgomery? Has has the shift been completed?
2: I don't think the shift's been fully completed. I, I think once Trubisky's back, there might go back to a little bit more of what we saw before, but this many touches is a good indication. You're not going to get that many rushing yards against the Vikings. They're a good defense. Just like we didn't expect Cook to have 100 yards, and he didn't. I mean, because they go up against the Bears. It's it's matchup dependent for the top-end side of Montgomery, but I think he's still playable every week.
0: Yeah, he's probably mm. – I, Flexed. I, yeah. I, I don't Al- think we can call him an RB2 yet. No. Soon,
1: hopefully. I mean – Chase Daniel is actually a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky, so they might actually benefit in the passing game now that Trubisky's out. Um, but we'll see.
0: All this NFC North quarterback hate from you today. Well, those two both well, suck. It's, so. it's, because, it's he loves,
1: because he loves
2: Roger so much. He doesn't have enough room <laughs> in his heart. True. Oh, God.
0: Uh, moving on here, Jaguars 26-24 over the Broncos. Uh, Leonard Fournette, 225 yards on the ground. That was a pretty insane game. He had an 86 yard carry. He looked great. Um, yeah. he had struggled the first couple weeks. He's still a back end RB1 just based on the volume. Uh Reichwell Armstead did catch a touchdown from Minchu in the back of the end zone. I don't think that's anything to worry about. Uh DJ Shark, four catches for 44 yards. do And uh <laughs> but he did have a uh- <laughs> <laughs> he did have a th- <laughs> he did have a touchdown called back, uh, due to holding. Um, he's still probably the guy. He still looks like the guy that Minshew wants to throw to. Dd Westbrook five catches for sixty six yards, but Shark had eight targets to Dd six, so Chark's probably still the guy you want to own there. On the Broncos side, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman were pretty much bottled up. Uh, Lindsay nine carries for fifty three yards. Royce Freeman only six for sixteen. Freeman was targeted six times to Lindsay's one. I don't think you can really differentiate these guys. At least right now, it seems like they are a true running back by committee. I don't know if I feel safe starting either of them as more than a flex play on a given week. I know Lindsay had a big week, for week three, but came back down to earth in this one, and it was against a good Jaguars defense. Um, but on the on the receiving side, Cortland Sutton six catches for sixty two yards and two touchdowns. Manuel Sanders five for one hundred and four. Randy can you start both of these receivers or are you not as sold on sudden yet
2: uh i think you could start both but i'm not sure if either one gets above a flex it's just kind of it's they may get up with certain teams like the vikings obviously we just talked they, their target shares weird right now maybe these two get bumped up more but a Flacco wide receiver i'm not sure if that's that's like That's wide receiver three for both of them, kind of.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you can really trust either of them for more than that. Uh, Like you said, I mean, I talked about it last week. How much do you really want to rely on Joe Flacco week to week? The answer is none. Absolutely none. Zero percent. Yeah. Uh, Noah Fant, two for 31 and a touchdown. still think he's a name to keep an eye on with the rest of the tight ends out there. I think he's going to get more involved and – uh, later in the year, he could be someone that you possibly use. And uh, the last game that we'll take a look at was the Saints 12 to 10 win over the Cowboys in a game that I was personally victimized by. I needed a lot of production out of that game from both offenses, and I got none of it. And it resulted in a couple losses, and I'm very sad. Uh Dak, 223 yards passing, no touchdowns. Elliott, 18 carries for only 35 yards of the touchdown, lost a fumble. Was, t- was targeted seven times, six catches for 30 yards. Amari Cooper, 5 for 48. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore did lock him down. Uh, my question to you guys, Christian, I think you can answer this for me, should you downgrade Cooper or Prescott given their next matchups? You're looking at home for Green Bay, at the Jets, home for Philly, at the Giants, but then home for Minnesota, at Detroit, at New England. Are you downgrading both of those guys, or do you still trust them?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they were both sell-high guys last week, and I don't know if you're going to get proper value for them now to do that. I think you can roll Dak out um, and be comfortable with it, especially against like the Jets and and Philly and the Giants. That three-game slate might be more productive than you think. Um, Same thing with Amari, but I mean – season long i think you're not going to get the production that you saw in the first three weeks so i personally would have sold high on amari uh if i owned him in any leagues but like i said now i don't know that you can do that now that they kind of showed a little bit of their true colors to be fair the saints had been really bad and they they righted the ship a little bit so I mean, the Saints are a good defense. the The first three weeks were kind of an outlier to me. So
0: yeah, they played out. They really did play outstanding in that game. They it seemed like they knew what the Cowboys were going to do. The secondary played played awesome. Lattimore shut down Cooper, and I I, I still trust. I think Kellen Moore's offense is is definitely something that is going to produce fancy points for Cooper and Dak and Elliott going forward. So I'm not as worried about it. There are still some decent matchups in there. Um, on the Saints side, Alvin Kamara had 17 carries but only had a nice 69 yards. Uh, he had added three catches for 20 yards, no touchdowns. Like, like I said, th- this whole game, I mean, the Saints scored four field goals. The one touchdown game from a one-yard Ezekiel Elliott run in the entire game. Um, nothing to worry about. Kamara's still an RB1. Michael Thomas, nine for 95. He's still a wide receiver one. He's been able to prove it two weeks now with Bridgewater. And for the love of God, if if you still own Jared Cook, just drop him. Like, Don't own Jared Cook anymore, please.
1: You should have Josh Hill before you have Jared Cook. You
0: should have Taysom Hill before you have Jared <laughs> Cook. And he doesn't even play tight end. Can you even uh, start
1: him in your tight end? No, mostly? Who cares.
0: No. It's the same production.
1: <laughs> just for <with> the lulls.
0: <laughs> so that'll do it for our week four recap. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll go through our worthy waivers of the week leading into week five. Welcome back to The Cut. We'll go through our worthy waivers of the week leading into week five. Randy, who's the first guy you're looking at?
2: My first target's Geronimo Allison. Allison. Uh, he was cut by a lot of people in week one. Pretty worthy, in my opinion. But he's <laughs> he's going to have the most looks, in my opinion, with Adams out. He looked pretty good the last two weeks. Obviously not high target numbers there, but that should go up. But I, I just think he's, he's going to shine down the road. And if he does good in these next couple games with Adams out, that may lead to him getting more targets. I know he's a slot guy, but still.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think he could definitely be a guy that you can plug in and play as a wide receiver uh, three or flex play. My guy that I'm looking at is Jacoby Brissett. Right now he leads the league in touchdown passes. His upcoming schedule looks pretty good. He gets Kansas City, Denver at home, Houston at home, Pittsburgh, Miami at home. He's been able to put up these numbers without T.Y. Hilton um, for the most part. Hilton's been limited and missed a couple weeks, and they have a decent amount of weapons still with Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton, Chester Rogers, Eric Ebron. Uh, if you're looking for a guy to sh- continue to stream here for the next few weeks while you're dealing with buys and everything like that, I think Jacoby Brissett could be a top 12 quarterback for you. Yeah, for sure. So I'll head into my
1: first guy. It's A.J. Brown. Um This guy makes the most out of his targets. He had three targets, three receptions, and two touchdowns. He averaged 31 and change um, per catch. He looks like a John Ross light, like I said earlier. Um, His snap percentage has just steadily increased as the season has progressed, which is kind of what you expect for a rookie receiver. I think by the end of the year, he could be a solid wide receiver to play. I know that you're banking on Mariota being good, but – I think he'll be good enough to get A.J. Brown the ball, and I think A.J. Brown is going to have that touchdown upside. So if you get him now, you're going to seriously thank yourself when it comes to around playoff time.
2: Yeah. Uh, Moving in, my last guy, Ronald Jones. I know we talked about it earlier in the show. I know what he is. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of hype around him, but he's looked really good the last two weeks. He seems to be taking over the show there. The split in the running game seems to be about 60-40, 65-35. It hits favor over Barber. Neither of them are getting passing work really though. So this is more of a pickup, just a play and a bind, a flex play. That's about it.
0: Yeah, that's definitely fair. My last guy to note, I know we've talked about him for a couple weeks now, Chris Herndon. Uh, Jets are off to bye. His suspension's up. Does he still have one more week left, guys? Is it four games or four weeks?
2: It's four games.
0: So he's so okay. So he's still out. Yeah, for he's week, he's week six.
2: Week six.
0: So you definitely want to pick him up now before he comes back from suspension in week six. Uh, Sam Darnold should be back by then. He's been working his way back from mono. Uh, a lot of teams are tight end needy uh, because uh, like guys like OJ Howard aren't performing. Um, Herndon was a was widely targeted by Darnold last year, and the Jets' offense needs to spark, and I think Herndon's going to be the guy to provide that. Uh, He could be a tight end one for you the rest of the season. So go get him now before he's back from suspension week six. Yeah,
1: so I I honestly think that I would cut O.J. Howard for Chris Herndon right about now. That guy's a bomb, um, and he's not getting any work. So my last guy is Cole Beasley. If he's on your waiver wire, I'm actually pretty shocked. Uh, He's a guy that needs to be rostered. Uh, He has a low yards per catch, but his target volume is so high that he's going to get the work. Um, he seems to be Josh Allen's safety net. And I think that's something you can rely on moving forward. I think that he's going to be a solid wide receiver three or flex play. And there are going to be weeks that he does have wide receiver two upside. Um, if that guy gets in the end zone, he's looking at probably 20 plus points. So if you get him now, if he's still there, uh, you'll be thanking yourself later.
0: Yep, Absolutely. So there you go. Those are our worthy waivers for week five. We're going to take one more quick break. And when we come back, we'll touch on the Thursday night game and we'll get out here. So we'll take a look at our Thursday night game that we have coming up for week five. Uh, Rams at the Seahawks. Seahawks are favored by one and a half. Um I think that you can trust Gurley as an RB2 even on the road in Seattle. Um for the receiving end, I I still trust playing Woods Cup and I still think you can play Cooks, probably all as wide receiver 2s in this matchup. Do you guys agree with that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think like I said earlier, Cooks is the one that you're kind of worried about, but that Seahawks secondary isn't very good. So I think that you could see some pretty good production out of all three.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Road Jared Goff has seemed to be a trend, at least the last two years. There's, not, there's no guarantee that you have another play, and I, I think he still puts up some kind of production. So I still feel safe starting him as a QB1. I know I'll be running him out there in a couple of leagues. On the Seahawks side, Penny should be back this week. Um Carson is probably still an RB2. But as Christian kind of touched on before, you can maybe look at starting Richard Penny as a flex play. Um on the receiving side, Will Disley still start him. He's a tight end one. He's getting the red zone looks. And Tyler Lockett should have a bounce back game. Um the Rams secondary is decent, but they just got absolutely torched by Jameis Winston. Um, so I think Lockett is due for uh eight catches and a touchdown. Um, do you guys have anything else to say about the uh, Seahawks offense at all?
1: No, I, I kind of think this is going to be a low scoring game. Um, the Thursday night games, we were, we were all very blessed to have had the the last Thursday night game. I don't think we're going to keep seeing that. I know Rams at Seahawks sounds like a good matchup, but Rams on a short week after giving up 55 points where their defense was on the field, a ton, uh, I'd, I think they're going to try to right the ship, and I think they're going to try to shut down Carson. Um, I think if if you have to start receivers, I think I think DK might be a decent flex play this week.
2: Yeah, uh, Peters went down in the middle of that game. I'm not sure. If <laughs> Did he's, he ever? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if he's. I doubt he's coming back this week because it's a short week. Uh, and he was really locking down for the second receivers because he wasn't having to cover the dominant guys anymore. But I I think that's why DK and Disley are good looks this week.
0: Yep, absolutely. So that'll do it for this episode of The Cut. Stay tuned for our next episode. We'll be going through the Week 5 preview. We'll give you our must-starts and guys that we think you should sit. Christian will give you his Shane Falco of the week, and I'll give you my suit-ups. Guys, you got anything to add before we get out of here?
2: No, not at all. Ready for this week already.
1: Yeah, I'm ready for that that Monday night football game next week. I'm ready for the Thursday. I do,
2: Unlike Christian, I do think it's going to be a little bit more of a high score in both defenses I think will be a little bit tired.
0: Yeah, it should be our second good Thursday night game in a row. I mean, it'll be a breath of fresh air after watching this debacle on Monday night football today. Dear Lord. Um, So that'll do it here. Uh, Follow me on Twitter. I'm Sward underscore 12. Christian. At 40 underscore Williams. Randy. At Randy underscore Hall 71. And then go ahead and follow us on Twitter at The Cut FFL. If you'd like to support, just shoot us an email at officialcutpod at gmail.com for Christian Williams, Randy Hall. I'm Shaw Ward. We'll see you guys week five. We gone.